0: I want to welcome you to Daily Drive Time Devotions. We're looking at verses 7 to 13 of Ephesians 3 today, our third day look at this this incredible chapter of the Bible. We've been talking about the fact that we serve our way into significance, and that as a servant of Jesus Christ, I need to see myself as a servant of Christ. A couple of things that Paul has already taught us in this chapter about how to see yourself as a servant is that I see myself as as a prisoner of Christ. That doesn't mean I see myself as a prisoner. That means regardless of the circumstance, I realize that Christ is there. That's how servants see themselves. And I also see myself as a manager or a servant, a steward of God's grace. There's a third way that I see myself in these verses. In verses seven to 11, you'll you'll pick up on it pretty quickly. As a servant of Jesus Christ, I'm to see myself as a servant of the good news. Let me begin reading in verse seven. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're going to get anything done in life, you've got to have the right tools. I mean, imagine trying to sew clothes with a hammer and nail or to build a house with a needle and thread. You've got to have the right tools. Most of us, we grow up learning To put a few tools in our getting things done box. If I want to get something done, I need energy for the task. I need management skills. I need knowledge. I need to push people for results. So, those are some of the tools that some of us put in that box. And some of those tools can help servants, but some of them are as detrimental to trying to be a servant or as frustrating to trying to be a servant as is trying to paint your fingernails with an eight-inch paintbrush. Ladies, I, I thought I'd throw that in for you. I, I certainly didn't want you to think that I, I paint my fingernails. We all We all need, I'm saying we all need to recognize some tools that every servant needs. And in these verses, as Paul talks about being a servant of the good news, he talks about three tools that servants cannot do without. He talks about grace, he talks about God's power, and he talks about humility. If I want to be the kind of servant that that shares the good news with other people, that exemplifies the good news of Christ for other people, and that's what I want. I don't want to be a bad news kind of servant, talking about Jesus out of my mouth, but my life says, oh, that's bad news. I don't want that. I want to be a good news servant. I've got to have grace and God's power and humility in my life. Grace, servanthood grows out of grace. God's gifts to me. God's power. Servanthood is energized by God. It's not energized by me in the end. It is energized by God and humility. To be a servant is to be enabled by humility. In fact, Paul talks about in verse 8, I am less than the least of all God's people. With all that he had done in his service for Christ, he couldn't forget the fact that he had persecuted the church before he became a believer. He couldn't get past the fact that he, he hadn't understood the gospel at the beginning. And because of that, he had hurt believers in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9 Paul also calls himself the least of the apostles less than the least is the idea he gives himself here 1 Timothy 1:15 1, he calls himself the chief of sinners it's interesting that Paul changed his name from Saul to Paul Saul means asked for that's a pretty prideful name here's exactly what i asked for Paul means Paul means little and God said, I want you to change your name. Do you think he was sending him a message? This man whom God named Little, he says, I'm less than the least. It's a play in, in, in one sense on his name. This man named Little ends up having one of the greatest impacts on the world for Jesus Christ. And part of, it, part of it was his humility. He understood the deep truth that God's word does not give you pride. It gives you a humble heart. It doesn't make you feel like you're above or beyond others. It makes you realize It makes you realize you're to be a servant of others. And as Paul talks about being a servant of the good news, he talks about not only these tools that we have for service, he also talks in these verses about what I would call four spheres of influence for God's servants. Where does grace make an impact? Well, he says this grace was given to me, there's one sphere, to preach to the Gentiles, there's a second one, to make plain to everyone, there's a third one, and to make it known in the heavenlies. There's a fourth sphere of influence. First, he says, grace is given to me. That's where it has to start. First, grace has to impact my own life. If it doesn't impact my life, it's not going to impact the lives of the people that are around me. That's where it starts, but that's not where it ends. Grace was given to me to preach to you Gentiles. Paul was very practical. He didn't just say to preach to people. He said, here's the specific group I'm to preach to. You see, your sphere of influence for God has to be practical. It has to be something you can do. Uh, Many people say, I'm going to serve everyone and they end up serving no one. What's the name of the group or the person that you're serving? Paul said, here's the name. But he also says, I want to make it plain to everyone. It was practical, but it was also in one sense universal for him. He didn't let his focus on one group turn into a prejudice against other groups. Anyone that came across his path, he would share the good news with them. And then he says one other thing about this These spheres of influence. And this is the one that's surprising to most of us. He talks about making it known to the heavenlies, that even in the heavenly places this would be made known. That's how powerful it it is to be a servant of the good news of Jesus Christ. He says, I'm making known the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers in the heavenly places. That word manifold means many colored. You think in the Old Testament of, of Joseph's many colored coat, It's the idea that the grace of God will match any situation of life. It is many-colored. The manifold wisdom of God is made known. Notice, it's through the church. And it's made known to these rulers, these leaders in the heavenly places. It's a reminder that the church has a far larger viewing audience than anyone knows. It's not just the people that are sitting in the chairs or the pews of any given Sunday or weekend in a church. It's not even just the local or national or international audiences might be watching A church. The most important audience, Paul says, is the one that goes all the way into eternity. And even in the heavenly realms, they see the importance of the church sharing the good news. Angels and demons alike see the power of the church of Jesus Christ. We might not see it on this earth all the time. It may seem to you when you walk into a church that it is a little thing and God is not doing much. But the Bible says that it rings through the heavenly places the importance of the church and what God is doing. And that reminds us of the workplace of God's servants. We've been talking about the picture of being a servant of God. The workplace of God's servants, of the servant of Jesus Christ, is the church. To say I am a servant of Jesus Christ and not serve in the church is, well, it's ridiculous. It's simply ridiculous because Jesus died for the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And I'm going to follow him. If I'm going to follow him, I'm going to be where he is the head. And God's many-colored wisdom is made known through the church. It's like a stained glass window. Let me say that sentence again. It's like a stained glass window. In his wisdom, he has decided that the church would be the light that he will use. He will spread that light, his light, through the church to reveal the beauty of who he is. We are a window to the world, the church of Jesus Christ. And so because of that, of servants of Jesus Christ, Paul says this in verses 12 and 13 of Ephesians 3. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Paul tells us some things about God's servants here in these verses. He tells us that God's servants approach him with freedom and confidence. You're not afraid in God's presence because you realize he's given you his grace. And he says God's servants place priority not upon themselves, but upon those whom they serve. Paul says, don't be discouraged because I'm suffering. It's for your sake. My sufferings for you. My sufferings result in your glory. He focused on them and not himself. And he says, I I pray that you will not lose heart. Paul's greatest concern was not his struggles, but that those whom he was serving would respond to those troubles by losing heart, by being discouraged. His eyes were focused not on himself, but on Christ and on the people that Christ loves. That's what it means to be a servant. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to get there, I need the strength and help of Jesus Christ. Let's ask for it right now. Jesus, if I'm going to look first at you and then at others, if I'm not going to get caught up in selfishness today, I need your strength for that because naturally I'm just selfish. Would you help me to see life, see things, see people in a different way because of what you've done for me? God, as as I think back over the last few days, talking about what it means to be a servant. Lord, I just ask myself, is there a a circumstance that I can begin to see in light of your calling in my life, see it in a different way? Is there a new commitment I need to make in my life to reveal the, the mystery of what you've done in my life to other people, to not let it be a mystery to them? God, do I need to pick up the tools of grace and power and humility in my life. God, have I been narrowing the focus to me? Help me to help me to focus on others. To see the importance of widening the focus, even to see what is happening in the heavenly places and the work that you're doing that I can't even see, but I can trust in because you've said you're doing that work. God, help me to see myself in new ways, the ways that you have created and made me in Christ. And out of that, help me to serve you in new ways making a difference in the world, not for my sake, but for your sake. I ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.